Welcome to Friendship with God with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. Today's message and previous messages can be listened to or downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org. Friendshipwithgod.org. You can also obtain free resources from Tom Cantor and view our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org or call us at 800-247-3051, 800-247-3051. Tom Cantor also has a daily devotional verse that comes out each day by email and on Facebook. To receive this small daily devotional verse that Tom Cantor puts out, you can sign up at friendshipwithgod.org, friendshipwithgod.org, or find Tom Cantor on Facebook by searching for Tom Cantor and Friendship with God. Now, here is our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. Okay, if you'd like to turn your Bibles to Matthew chapter 7 and verse 15, we have a this section here, let's, uh, let's start with prayer. Father, thank you now for the time that you have given to us, Lord, carve out of our week to come here to open your word, to be taught of you. We're looking forward to what you're gonna speak to our hearts now in Jesus' name, amen. Matthew chapter seven, verse 15. Beware of false prophets which come to you in sheep's clothing but inwardly they are ravening wolves. You shall know them by their fruits. Do men gather grapes of thorns or figs of thistles? Even so, every good tree bringeth forth good fruit, but a corrupt tree bringeth forth evil fruit. A good tree cannot bring forth evil fruit, neither can a corrupt tree bring forth good fruit. Every tree that bringeth not forth good fruit is hewn down and cast into the fire. Wherefore, by their fruits you shall know them. Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he that doeth the will of my Father which is in heaven. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name, and in thy name have cast out devils, and in thy name have done many wonderful works. And then will I profess unto them, I never knew you, depart from me, you that work iniquity. So in this chapter so far, we've seen a very key verse here for this chapter, kind of a central verse is verse seven. Verse seven, where the Lord said, ask, it'll be given to you. Knock, seek, you'll find. Knock, and it shall be opened unto you. And that was very, very important because that was really giving instruction to a person who is lost, a person who's a stranger to God, a person who's the farthest thing from being what he would call a friend of God, of just a person who feels totally on the outside of heaven. He just, all he's got is this wistful like longing, maybe somehow, some way, that when I die, that I'm gonna enter into this better place or at least be annihilated to exist no more. And so that person is bound for an eternal separation from God in hell. And to this person, Jesus is saying, don't stay that way. Don't be a stranger to God any longer. Don't stay bound for this eternal separation. Don't stay one second longer on the outside with no hope and a stranger to God. And so he says at the end of verse seven, knock and it'll be opened unto you. In other words, he's saying to all of you on the outside, and remember there was a great multitude in front of him, he says, just knock, just knock on the door. God is gonna open the door to you. Knock, and he'll open his door of salvation, of friendship to you. Knock, 
and he'll open his door of adoption to you. So when the Lord Jesus says this at the end of verse seven, it's very significant, knock and it shall be opened unto you. He's saying, knock, you are not predestined to hell. It's in your power to change your destiny from hell to heaven. You can do it. All you have to do is knock. Knock. You're not foreordained to hell. It's all in your power. All you have to do is knock. He says, knock, and it shall be opened unto you. God's saying, God's saying that. Knock and watch the miracle happen of God opening this door. And so he continues now with his pleading to the lost to have eternal life in verse 13 when he says, come in, enter, enter in at the straight gate. Because he says, wide is the gate, broad is the way that leads to destruction. Yes, there are many people that are going there, but straight, narrow is the gate, narrow is the way, and in contrast, he says, that few are going in there. That's the one that leads to life. So from those statements, the Lord Jesus is saying, don't follow the majority, because the majority is not knocking on God's door and they're heading right for the destruction of hell. And the Lord Jesus is saying, go with the minority, the minority that's seeking God, they're heading to life. So this is all designed as a call to the lost to don't let the obstacles of having to swim upstream against the current, but instead listen to the promise, because he doesn't just say, ask, seek, knock, that's what you should do, but he has a promise attached to each one, especially the knock. He says, knock, it'll be open to you. He's really tapped in when he says this, ask, seek, knock. He's really tapped in to what every person is doing on earth right now. Every person on earth is asking and seeking and knocking. The problem is, is that people are, for the most part, they're asking and seeking and knocking at the world's door. Most people are asking the world to satisfy me, satisfy the deep longings within. Most people are seeking from the world. I wanna find pleasures, I wanna find delights, I'm seeking. Most people are knocking on the world's door to give me the thrill of that next opportunity. And so they're looking to the world with their asking and their seeking and their knocking. And they're facing the world as they are asking and seeking and knocking for the needs of their soul, for what's on the inside. And that's what the Lord meant when he explained to this woman at the well, this woman at the well who had five husbands, at that moment was living with a man who was not her husband, what her problem was. He explained it to her in John chapter 4, 13. John chapter 4, verse 13, when he said, Jesus answered and said unto her, whosoever drinketh of this water shall thirst again. So the Lord was speaking to a woman who for all of her life had looked to the world for love and for self-affirmation and just to know that she had some importance to somebody. So the Lord is speaking to a woman who was doing whatever it took, including giving her body to whatever man would show her the least amount of attention, interest. She's looking to the world. She's looking to the world of men to show her attention and interest. So when the Lord used this word drinketh, in John chapter four, verse 13, John four thirteen, Jesus answered and said unto her, whosoever drinketh of this water, the Lord was saying to this woman, yes, ma'am, you are asking, you are seeking, 
you are knocking to satisfy the needs of your soul. There's no lack of asking, seeking, and knocking on your part. You don't stop asking and seeking and knocking as you tolerate one man after another to come into your bed. But ma'am, this is what he's saying, I have some news for you. I have some news for you about what you're doing in John 4.13. John 4.13, Jesus answered and said to her, whosoever drinketh of this water shall thirst again. Thirst again. Just think about that word again. How about like five times with five husbands? and one you're living with now. As long as you keep facing the world, this world of men, and keep asking and seeking and knocking on the door of the world of men to show interest in you, to love you, to affirm you, you're gonna keep on coming up empty again because, John 4, 13, whosoever drinketh this water shall thirst again. Just picture the Lord speaking to that woman, like pointing almost to a world of men as he's saying, Whosoever drinketh this water, pointing to a world of men, shall thirst again. And then just to emphasize this point, he went on in John 4, 16. John 4, 16, Jesus saith unto her, Go call thy husband, and come hither. The woman answered and said, I have no husband. Jesus said unto her, Thou hast well said, I have no husband. For thou hast had five husbands, and he whom thou now hast is not thy husband, in that thou saidest truly. So the Lord is saying, Five husbands, a man, and men, who knows, that were not even your husband, have all left you thirsting again. Have all left you thirsting again for the love, the care, the self-affirmation that you're trying to find. Five plus, he's saying five plus. Isn't it enough? Isn't it enough for you yet? Haven't you had your fill of disappointment in life? Aren't you ready for a new way of life? This is what he's building to. How many times are you willing to be knocked down on the floor and trampled on. He wouldn't have said Albert Einstein said because Albert Einstein hadn't lived yet, but he said, but Albert Einstein did say, you know the definition of insanity? The definition of insanity, according to Einstein, is you keep doing the same thing over and over again and you expect different results. And so he's saying, so in essence, the Lord is saying to this woman, aren't you tired of this life of insanity? And all the while the Lord is saying that, he's using this symbol of water in a well as a symbol of, of the world to that woman, the world of men to that woman. And the Lord is saying, just like you keep thirsting and you keep coming back to this well to drink this water over and over again, because you keep thirsting for this love, for this care, for this self-affirmation, and you keep coming back to the world, in this case, the world of men, because you never get satisfied, just like a physical thirst that returns. You keep asking, you keep seeking, you keep knocking on this door of the world, and you're frustrated, so frustrated, because every new man you have, oh, he's so different. He's not like the rest. The five plus, you know, you've had, you know, you, with each new one, you come up with, a, I finally found him, the man of my dreams. I'm finally a man to love me. Finally a man to care for me. Finally a man to satisfy my longing. You know, it's just like that song in Oliver, you know, where is love? Will I close my eyes to see? Will I ever know the sweet hello that's meant for only me? Who can say where he may hide? May I travel? Must I travel far and wide? Till I am beside the someone who I can mean something to. We can picture that woman. That woman looking at the Lord with the eyes of, will I ever really know the sweet hello that's meant for only me? Will I ever be beside the someone who I can mean something to? 
And the Lord could have said to her, you've sung that song five times plus. Isn't it enough yet? Haven't you put yourself through enough punishment in life? You ready for something different in life? Aren't you ready for a real, a permanent satisfaction in life and, and the longs of their soul? Aren't you really to, ready now to discover the person who really will love you and never leave you? Are you ready to find the person who's gonna care for you more than your mother cared for you? You're ready for someone who you really mean something to? You're ready for the sweet hello. So this is where he's coming from is, as he says this, because he says in John 4.13, he says, whoever drinks of this water is gonna thirst again. But then he goes on, he said, but whosoever drinketh of the water that I shall give him shall never thirst. But the water that I shall give him in shall be in him a well of water springing up into everlasting life. What the Lord was saying to that woman is that if you keep asking and seeking and knocking on the world of men for that love, care, and self-esteem that you crave, you're gonna keep on getting knocked down, you're gonna keep on coming up thirsty again because no man in the world can give you what you need. But if you take the water that I give you, there will come a person to live inside of you a person will be me in the person of my Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit of Christ, the Spirit of Christ is called. And inside of you, he will be that well of water springing up into everlasting life. Inside of you, the Holy Spirit will be that well of water springing up into endless love and care. Inside of you, the Holy Spirit will be that well of water that will give you the sweet hello that's meant for only you, that will be that someone who you can mean something to. Inside of you, the well of water is going to spring up and it's going to give you the love of John 3.16, for God so loved you that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever, that you believing in him will not perish but have everlasting life. And you'll never find that from the world You'll never find that from a world of men. And as long as you keep asking and knocking and seeking the world of men, you'll just keep singing that old song. You'll keep coming up thirsty again. But if you drink the water that I give you, you'll have a new song. Your new song is gonna be, I found a friend, oh, such a friend. Jesus is all the world to me. I found a friend who is all to me. His love is ever true. I love to tell how he lifted me and what his grace can do for you. You're gonna say, you're gonna sing about the new friend. Found a friend, oh, such a friend. He loved me ere I knew him. He drew me with cords of love, and thus he bound me to him. Round my heart still closely twine those ties that not can sever. I'm his, he is mine forever and forever. A song like, uh, all my life, I had panted for a draught from some cool spring that I hope would quench the burning of the thirst I found within. Hallelujah, I found him who my soul so long has craved. Jesus satisfies my longings through life. I know I'm saved. I mean, I kind of get worked up a little bit about this woman at the well because I feel very much like I know that woman at the well with the five plus husbands in her life because, because I was the kid, I was the son of my father who was married five times. 
and in addition did have five common law wives in between, 10 women, 10 women in his life. For me, one mother and nine stepmothers. I was a little kid who sat through them all. I sat through all the 10 women. I was a little kid who heard my dad on the phone talking for hours with his friends in, a, in the same cycle of two phone calls. The first phone call was, I found her. Oh, she's so different from the rest. She's so wonderful. She's so beautiful. She's so intelligent. She's so funny. She's just marvelous. I love her. That was the first phone call. The second phone call was, she's horrible. All she cares about is money. She's the worst person I've ever met in my life. I hate her. So I'm a little kid, you know, I'm listening to the cycle here. Those are the two problems that people fall into. There are two problems that people fall into when they read this account at the woman of the well. Two errors, two errors of misapplication that people make when they read this history of the woman of the well in John chapter four. The first problem, the first problem is they look at this woman and they say, five husbands, who knows how many other men in her bed, what an immoral woman, how dirty of her, that's not me. Therefore, what the Lord Jesus said to this woman has no application to me, That's all for sexually immoral people. I'm not asleep around, that doesn't apply to me. That's a misapplication of this history because the truth is that we're all the same as that woman at the well because whether it's sexual sin or any other sin, Romans 3.23 applies to us as well, which says, Romans 3.23, all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Ecclesiastes 7.20, Ecclesiastes 7.20 says, There's not a just man upon the earth that doeth good and sinneth not. And 1 John 3, 1 John 1, 8, 1 John 1, 8 says, if we say that we have no sin, we could almost say, if we have the audacity to say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. The truth is that every one of us has and does sin And there's no such thing as a good sin. There's no such thing as a white lie. There's no such thing as a clean sin. All sin is dirty. All sin is rotten. We are all dirty, rotten sinners. Yes, that woman at the well was a dirty, rotten sinner. And if we're honest, then we'll step over the line and take our place with her as just another dirty, rotten sinner. That's the first error of misapplication, to push this woman away from us and like the Pharisees stand on the other side of Luke 18.11, Luke 18.11 and say, the Pharisee stood and prayed thus with himself, God, I thank thee that I'm not as other men are, extortioners, unjust, adulterers, even as this publican, I fast twice in the week, I give tithes of all I possess, we're wrong. We're wrong to look at this immoral woman in John 4 and to go on the other side with the Pharisee and say, I thank thee that I'm not as this woman at the well. But we're right. We're right to leave the Pharisee side and go over to the side of this woman at the well and say with the publican in Luke 18, 13, Luke 18, 13, the publican standing afar off would not lift so much as his eyes to heaven, but smote upon his breast saying, God, Be merciful to me, a sinner. We're right to go over the side of this woman at the well and to say, God, be merciful to me, a sinner, just as bad as this woman at the well. 
Or as Paul put it, as Paul put it in 1 Timothy 1.15, 1 Timothy 1.15 when he said, this is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptation that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners of whom I am chief. So wrote the man who wrote most of the New Testament. So this is the first error of misapplication for this history of the woman of the well in John 4 is to say, I'm not a dirty woman of the street that has no application to me. But there's a second misapplication of this history of the woman at the well in John 4. And it's not to see how what she did applies to us. And not the sleeping around, but what was motivating her to sleep around. The point of the history of this woman at the well is missed when it's not recognized what the woman at the well was actually doing in her life. She was looking to the world, in her case, the world of men, for true inner soul satisfaction. She was looking at the world and and she was asking, she was seeking, she was knocking to find love, to find contentment, to find, find happiness. And the point of the history of this woman of the well is missed when a person says, oh yes, but she was a lost person. She was not saved. She was not a believer. And when the Lord spoke to her, he was trying to get a lost person saved. But me, I'm not lost, I'm saved. I'm a believer, I don't need to be saved. I don't need to come to the Lord. I already did that. I already did, so the woman at the well, she doesn't apply directly to me. I already have had that well of water springing up into everlasting life. The history, this history of the woman at the well only applies to me for the purposes of instruction and evangelism, that's all. The value I get from this history of the woman of the well is just to see how, how I should witness to a lost person. That's the only application that I see in this history. Nothing more. I'm not lost like the woman at the well, so only in the days, only in the days before I was saved can I identify with this woman at the well, but not now. I don't now identify with her. That's a common position among believers to have that position of not identifying with the woman of the well in the present is to miss the point of the history. Because the point of the history here is seen with these words, drinketh of this water. Present tense, drinketh of this water. In John 4, 13, John 4, 13, whosoever drinketh of this water shall thirst again. And the lost are not the only ones that are drinking of this water and thirsting again. Drink of this water applies also to the saved. Drink of this water and thirst again applies to the saved. What is this? What's this water? What's this water the the Lord is referring to in John 4.13? It's looking to something or someone in this world and asking and seeking and knocking for satisfaction of the soul. That's this water. This water that the Lord is referring to It might be a relationship that someone is asking and seeking and knocking, saved person, asking and seeking and knocking on to bring happiness to, it might be a relationship where they're not married, it might be a relationship where they are married, might be a relationship with a spouse, but it's looking to that relationship like Barbara Streisand sings, tell him, tell him that the sun and moon rise in his eyes. Reach out to him and whisper tender words so soft and sweet. 
Hold him close to feel his heart beat. Love, and then she says something very interesting when she sings this, love will be the gift you give yourself. Another wonderful day studying the Bible with our Bible teacher Tom Cantor here on Friendship with God. Don't forget that today's message and previous messages can be listened to and downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org, friendshipwithgod.org. You can also go online to find free resources from Tom Cantor and our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org. You can also find Tom Cantor on Facebook, and you can also go to friendshipwithgod.org and sign up for his daily devotional. Tom Cantor is also the founder of Israel Restoration Ministries. You can visit that website at israelrestorationministries.org. You can write to Tom Cantor at P.O. Box 711330, P.O. Box 711330, Santee, California, Santee, California, 92071. Or email Tom Cantor at tomcantor at friendshipwithgod.org, tomcantor at friendshipwithgod.org. Or for more information about Tom Cantor and Friendship with God and Israel Restoration Ministries, call us at 800-247-3051. What are you doing Sunday nights? Join Friendship with God radio Bible teacher Tom Cantor of the Friendship with God Fellowship Church every Sunday night at 5.30 p.m. at the Creation and Earth History Museum in Santee, California. Watch and listen live around the world to Tom Cantor Sunday evening on YouTube.com by searching for the Friendship with God Fellowship or by going to our homepage at friendshipwithgod.org. 